When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. To Moving Iron Podcast, Chip Nunger is back with me here to talk about what's happened in the marketplace. Chip, how you doing, man? Hey, doing good. Casey, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Chip is with Blue Reef Agri-Marketing out of Morton, Illinois. He's cool enough to come on and talk about what's happening in the marketplace. So we've had a bit of a reversal from what we saw last week. You know, last week we were kind of, things were getting kind of banged up. This week we had had some pretty good moves across the board. We start looking at corn and soybeans, um, cattle prices through the roof again, and, uh, you know, hog prices just can't catch a break. So I guess, Chip, looking at what you see happening out in the marketplace what's your synopsis of the week i guess yeah boy it's uh it's weather 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 we're in a full-fledged weather market in the in the grains uh very dry especially in the eastern corn belt there's been some some rain around but it's been very scattered uh you know isolated so far so we are definitely going to need some rain very quickly uh in uh especially the eastern corn belt here at uh, midday on Friday, they, the one weather model, uh, the GFS, which has had rain forecasted for the middle of the month uh, for about the last week, uh, went drier. The European weather model, which, by the way, has been more correct, has been dry as a bone all along. So we added some premium going home into the close on Friday. We had actually a nice close for the week. 
uh, and even the day, July corn ended up almost 30 cents off the lows from the uh, from early morning. And, uh, you know, pretty nice close. We're back uh, 35 cents off the lows in new crop corn. Um, you know, really, we're, we're uh, 50 cents off the lows from two weeks ago in new crop corn. Beans shot higher, too, adding a little premium there. So uh, we're the start of a new month. The funds are a little bit uh, back on their heels now. And so if we get much more strength early next week, the funds might be, um, you know, subject to coming out of some more of their shorts and corn, buying this market, adding a little more weather premium. So Sunday night, Monday morning could get uh, extremely volatile based on any changes in the forecast that it's uh, the only thing that the market's looking at right now, because it is starting to get serious. And, um, you know, if we don't get some, some better rainfall, more general rainfall by you know, the middle of June, then I think the market's going to have to start making the assumption that 181 and a half trend line yield is, is not in the cards anymore. It can still be a big crop, but the longer we go without rain in the Eastern Corn Belt, um, you know, the more we're going to start cutting uh, into the top end uh, of yields here. We probably haven't yet, but in, t- in 10 days, two weeks, if we don't get rain and there's no rain in the forecast at that point, then we are probably starting to really go backwards in a measurable way and taking top end out of the yield. So going to get really important, really critical uh, in the weather here the next couple of weeks. Uh, I know myself included uh, hate and probably everyone else hate weather markets. Weather models change. It uh, looks like, you know, sometimes twice a day, add mm-hmm. rain, take rain away. So yeah, we're going to have a fun couple of weeks and a fun start to next week based on, uh, you know, potential uh, weather changes uh, one way or the other uh, for the worse or the better. It's going to have dramatic effect on uh, price levels Sunday night and Monday morning. Yep. All right. So as you're looking out <clears throat> right now, we're taking a hard look at what's going on in um, energy. So I've been paying attention to oil and kind of what's happening there. Oil is very, very stuck in this 70 to 75, maybe just a tick over 75 range. And it just slides back and forth and there's no real it's not very sexy right now, I guess is the best way to put it. So when you're looking at oil, what do you what are you seeing there? And the this whole recessionary thing that we keep hearing about, it seems like that is a uh is a play that uh we just can't seem to get over, I guess. Yeah, we saw a lot of weakness earlier this week, and and I think a lot of that was not only in the in the energies and crude oil, <clears throat> but it kind of spilled over into the rest of the commodity markets too. So, you know, earlier in the week we we had some some ugly markets. And, and I think that was tied to some economic numbers out of China that maybe uh, made the market feel that uh, maybe they were a little bit sluggish still uh, in the economy in China. And that cast a little bit of a, of a negative tone across everything. Now, late in the week, that kind of seemed to subside. We got the debt deal passed and uh, there was a, a little bit of renewed optimism here in the commodity markets and the, in the energy markets. Uh, to your point, uh, it seems like we're kind of at fair value in here in, uh, you know, the low to mid seventies. I, I think the market is still fearful of, uh, of a slowdown, but you know, the way some of these economic numbers have come out domestically, you know, uh, I think people are starting to think maybe, maybe we can hold this off into late this year, first part of next year, and, and at least, you know, seem to be on somewhat solid footing right now. But, uh, that is definitely going to be a bellwether is what direction, uh, you know, do crude oil prices go? OPEC's watching that closely. You know, they've uh, met a few weeks ago and kind of um, agreed to, you know, not increase production and 
and maybe slowly decrease production. So OPEC might have a say in this before it's said and done. Uh, but as crude oil goes, it's a good proxy for how the world economy and the domestic economy are going to go. And it has direct implication on you know, our, our grain markets uh, as well, corn and, and beans specifically due to ethanol and the renewable uh, diesel program that we have yeah. kicked off. So, uh, but, you know, we're holding together. The, the brakes get bought. We can't seem to rally, you know, north of the mid-70s and, and north of 80, but we're kind of building the base in here as sloppy as it is. And looks like, um, you know, low to mid-70s is fair value. And, and if the economy can continue to hold together, and there's better signs that China is kind of coming out of their, you know, COVID slowdown and, and gaining steam there. Uh, I think that there's probably some potential out there. But, uh, you know, it's it's been a mixed bag out there, to say the least, uh, kind of partly cloudy because we've spent some time under 70. That quickly gets bought. We rally back north of 70 towards 75. That gets sold. And uh, I think we're just slopping sideways till we know a little more about how the last half of the year is going to shape up economically in China and the United States. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you, you touched on the next thing I want to talk a little bit about crush rates that we see there. Um, seems like things are still plugging along. There's, there's plenty of, of things headed over to the crush side of it. Ethanol kind of seems to be hanging on in that, that two low two range there, I guess, looking at those markets, uh, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, we're holding it together. Um, the, the ethanol numbers, I don't have them right in front of me. They, they bounced uh, a little bit this week. We did have a uh, a census crush report out. It, it showed a higher crush rate than um, you know what was expected. So we're, the the crush margins uh, are still profitable. This this biodiesel um, you know program, the renewable biodiesel program that uh, you know a lot of these plants have come online. That looks like it's picking up steam, probably faster than what I expected. Uh, I think the the benefits there, the economic benefits, and and some of these subsidies um, you know have been taken advantage of and. And some of these plants are coming online in pretty rapid uh, order. And so that looks good. That's maybe one of the bright spots is, is the biodiesel demand ramping up faster, um, higher than, you know, maybe what the market expected. Our exports have still been a little bit sluggish, but uh, certainly from the renewable fuel standpoint, ethanol is holding its own and, and uh, you know, the soybean crush margins are holding together to where that, uh, that makes sense and, and profits. And that's a good part of our domestic demand and that seems to be a bright spot right now yep all right last question here looking at the hog market hogs having a good day today they're up 87 cents so um don't have very many of those days where they get to be up uh seems like here of late looking at that it is one of the more volatile markets out there right now where they'll have a day like this and then come monday they might lose a dollar and a half so i guess looking at that ship what are your thoughts there yeah you know, we talked about this. I remember last week, this hog market has just been so brutal. Um, all the uncertainty about this yep. uh, California Proposition 12 situation going on. It's caused some liquidation, some sow liquidation. Uh, worries about we're going to back, you know, uh, pork supplies up because California's not going to take them all because they're not compliant uh, with their uh, their new rule. Uh, however, we stretched this market so far to the downside. You know, historically, you just don't see... Uh, any futures market um, as oversold as what hogs have been recently. We've had a huge rally off the lows, a huge, I say, basically $10 off the lows in essentially three trading sessions, three and a half trading sessions um, in the hogs. We've corrected some of those oversold indicators. Um, little bit of a bright spot that maybe, maybe the worst is over. The funds have been big uh, shorts in hogs. 
And at the end of the month of May and the start of, of the month of June, it looks like they maybe want to take some profits on those. And they close fairly well. It's still going to take the cash and cutout rallying to hold this rally together and to add to the rally. Uh, really rate, a strange setup. First of June here, you you rarely, I, I'm not saying it's never happened, but you've got the June live or lean hog contract. Um, take a quick glance here. Couple bucks above, three bucks, uh, three and a half bucks above the August contract. And so that is not typical whatsoever and just shows you what a what a mess this hog market has become on on the fears of these supplies backing up because of the California um, law there, that Proposition 12. So yeah. I'm hopeful that maybe um, since we had a good close for the week, that the funds could come out of some more um, shorts and, and give us another bounce in here the first half of next week. But you know, it may set up an opportunity if we get back into the mid to upper 80s, um, uh, you know, again, on some of these summer month contracts to to play a little more defense because I, I think the market showed you its hand and I, I don't see a big change coming. I'm not sure how fast we can change the industry to comply with some of these uh, strange regulations we've got right now or how economic it is, it is even to do it. I think some of the smaller independent producers, certainly uh, Faro to Finish in the Eastern Corn Belt, have decided, yeah, I'm, I'm done with it. I've been doing this 30, 40, 50 years, made a lot of money over the years. I'm done with it. And we've seen some liquidation. And so um, it remains to be seen how this is going to shake out, but certainly it's going to hang over the market for a while. The exact opposite in the cattle market. Cattle, you know, new all time highs, just screaming higher. Uh, cash was sharply higher this week, six to eight dollars, maybe more. Uh, big week in cash, massive straight up rally uh, in the cattle. So as ugly as hogs have been, cattle just screaming higher. But you know, with high feed costs on the corn side, historically strong basis in many areas of the plains, high feeder uh, prices. There's not a lot of profitability out there uh, as you look out ahead in the cattle market. So uh, we've got a little bit of a of a hiccup uh, right now, even though we've got high prices and, uh, you know, essentially all-time high prices in cattle, doesn't mean that the uh, cattle feeder right now is just rolling in money because it's a, it's a margin game. And the problem is the feeders and the corn that they're buying offset, you know, these massive uh, record prices on uh, on fat cattle. So there's some some trouble brewing out there in the livestock sector, both hogs and cattle right now. Yep, for sure. All right, Chip, good stuff as usual. Folks, want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is you got going on over there at Blue Reef. What's the best way to do that? Well, best way is just give us a call at the office, 309-550-7213. Uh, love to chat with you. Just uh, give me a call and we can uh, hash out your risk management plan and how you might be able to improve it. Awesome. Chip, appreciate you being on the podcast, man. Have a good weekend. You bet. Have a great weekend uh, as well. Be ready for some fireworks on the weather, Casey. It's going to get yeah. interesting. Looks like it, man. Looks like it. So I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast, and go to the video version of this over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check that out over there. Go to Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related. And uh need more information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee. Send me an email at moving iron podcast at moving iron podcast.com or all the information right there on the site. Um, 
I've said this before, but if there's ever a question you have for Chip or anybody else on here, send that to me and I'll make sure to ask that question. So uh, if you got something like that, send them my way and I'll make sure to ask that question when you're on there. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour, Chip Nunger. It's going to be smiling, folks. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hard work.